Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of the Tony Wolf Unhinged Podcast. I am your host, Tony Wolf, and we're going to be doing a special episode of me doing my review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. I just got home, still processing, so give me a second. But before we get started, I have one apology. On the last few shows, I've been giving out the wrong email for you to send your questions and your comments. The correct email for the Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast and for Tony Wolf Remembers Tri-State Wrestling is the Wolf Den blog at yahoo.com. So if you want to send me an email, give me some information, what's your thoughts, so forth. You can contact me at the Wolf Den blog at yahoo.com and I'll get back to you because I had I put an old account in that I had forgot about that I don't use anymore. But <clears throat> excuse me while I take a drink. Alrighty. Ghostbusters Afterlife is probably no, I'm going to say definitely one of the most heartfelt odes to the fans and odes to the actors and producers and everybody from the original cast and crew that they could have ever done. This movie is a little over two hours and you could go to this movie not understanding a damn thing about the two Ghostbusters movies from the 80s. And you would sit there and still enjoy it. But if you're a Ghostbusters fan, which several of us are, and I've actually got a Facebook friend who is a cosplay Ghostbusters, and he has a group that he's a part of that goes around doing Halloween parties, does the... Halloween parades, the Christmas parades, does different uh, things to help the community. And um, actually, before I started doing this podcast, we talked at, we met at one of my jobs that I had. And uh, Josh, yeah, <laughs> this one definitely lived up to the story. Okay, now. Let's get into it. This is going to be a spoiler, spoiler-filled podcast. So, this is one shot done. This is going to be the only time I'm going to talk about it. But I'm telling you now, if you haven't seen it yet, you definitely want to go see it in theaters. Gail Cannon and Jason Reitman, who wrote this story... Jason Reitman, who produced it, or directed it, hit it out of the park. Now, I'm not saying that it's the perfect movie, but it's the perfect third part of this story. Because you find out why the Ghostbusters busted up, what happened to their fam some of their families, you find out why Egon left New York, and left his family, left everything behind to go to 
the middle of nowhere Oklahoma to just be a recluse. You find out why he done it. Then the movie picks up with him in Somerville, Oklahoma, doing what everybody thought was just being a crazy old man. Nobody realized why he was truly there. And a movie that, the way this movie was cinematically shot and just the small town feel of living out in the middle of Podunk, they hit that out of the park. It's a dead town, basically, that nobody wants to be in. Nobody gives a crap about. The people that live there feel like they're lost. They have no lives. And they just don't, the kids don't care anymore. So this new family, find, or this family finds out that their grandfather had passed away. And it's a single mother raising two kids. And she's having financial problems. She's got other problems because she blames herself. She blames her father for everything that's going wrong in her life. And then they have to go out there and they end up taking over his property. And it's this old rundown house with Bible verses on the fences an old broken down barn, and you think, what a dump. These people are moving into a money trap. Well, there's more to it than that. And I'm going to tell you, the little girl, Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace, steals this movie as Egon's granddaughter. She is the next generation of what the Ghostbusters could become. And with her and Carol Coon and the kid from Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhart, Wolfhard, is the typical 16-year-old kid. He's trying to meet girls, trying to have a life, and he's yanked out of his New York home that him and his mom and sister live in and stuck in podunk. And it's how they're trying to find friends, make friends, and all the stuff that goes wrong. The movie is a little slow at the beginning, but... As I was driving home, I was thinking about it, and it's one of those, it's a heartfelt thing. So they're doing the slow build, this, letting you learn the characters, learn the problems that the family has had, learn about the town. You learn about Paul Rudd's character a little bit. But about that hour mark... It start, it's already starting to go back up the hill. And if you've seen the commercials, you've seen the big chase scene. That's about halfway through it. And that scene is hilarious. Because 
the kids are just starting to find out who their grandfather truly was. By, I'm going to say, probably hour, quarter, hour and a half, about three quarters of the way through the movie, maybe, we get introduced to one of the old characters, which you've seen in the commercial. And you get the backstory for why the Ghostbusters broke up. Why three of the Ghostbusters have disdain for the fourth one. And then when the, when the Ray character tells this story to Egon's granddaughter, you start seeing that life is too short to hold grudges. And that's how we end up seeing the OG Ghostbusters show back up in the movie. The visuals, the Easter eggs, the characters as whole were unbelievable. I gave it an eight three quarters out of ten. And I truly feel that the only place to see this movie is in a theater because of the sound effects and hearing things from the original movies and pulling little Easter eggs that if you don't if you're sitting watching it at home you're never going to see some of these Easter eggs. You're never going to pick up some of the things. But it goes along. You find out about Zur. You find out about Evo Shandor. And that there was more to Evo Shandor than what we learned in the first movie. So you find out that he actually built this entire town and it was a mining town and it was because he was mining the metal for the stuff that he'd done in New York. So, movie goes on, goes on. The ghosts finally get out. We find out why Zur is coming back. And the one moment in the movie that I cheered about the most was seeing a friggin' Walmart get destroyed. And if you've seen the commercial, that scene is, there's more to it than what they show in the commercial. And I'm sitting there laughing my head off because I'm thinking, okay, you're destroying this Walmart and there's only about a half a dozen people walking way in the background. I'm thinking if you were in a real Walmart, you wouldn't you'd have had more people in the store at that time walking through the aisles than just one person coming in at almost closing time. And if you've been to a Walmart, everybody knows what I'm talking about. But the fact that they destroyed a Walmart made me laugh because I've worked in Walmart. I know what Walmart is like and okay, never mind. <laughs> but the movie went on, got to the end. There was a lot of the same 
story plot points from the original Ghostbusters, but by the time you got to the end, you got more understanding of things that happened in Ghostbusters 1, even as little tidbits. Then you get the ending, and then there's two post-credit scenes. And what was funny was I sat there, they'd done the first post-credit scene, which is right as soon as the movie ends, and then the original Ghostbusters song comes up for the when they started the credits, and I'm sitting there, and I'm singing the old Ghostbusters theme. Ray Parker Jr. knocked it out of the park when he wrote that song, and there's if you go online, there's stories of him talking about how he got to do that song and why he created the Ghostbusters theme. And it's well worth watching because it's it's funny listening to him how he came up with this song. So go through the credits. And then they show a scene at the very end of the credits where Annie Potts and Harold Ramis' character from the original movie, there was another scene that they never showed in the movie, the original movie, that they show in this. And then it's her remembering, and then later on in the second post credit scene, she's talking to Winston, and basically he says where he's at now with his family and his business and all that was great but he loved being a ghostbuster and it was a, there's been a lot through the movie using little phrases from the original the original two movies that they use in this and it really makes you feel for the movie and feel for the characters now the hard part for me um everybody knew harold ramus passed away right before they started filming he they wrote this story to have all four original ghostbusters show back up and i don't know how much they had to change when he passed away but I can honestly say Harold Ramis' character was the heart of the entire Ghostbusters afterlife. And I'm trying not to give too many spoilers in case you haven't seen it, but I'm trying to give you enough information to where you want to go see it. So the conversation with Annie Potts' character and Winston go on and then some things happen and then they I honestly thought they were going to start playing one song toward the end of this second post credit scene but they didn't and I think they're saving it for the set for the next movie but I'm going to say this I didn't cry. They cried. There's a that's a joke for from the that 
everybody that's seeing the movie that I'm finding online is saying, because if by the time this movie's over, if you don't have a tear in your eye, you don't have a goddamn heart. Because this thing will make you well up. But that's my review. That's my thoughts. That's my overall trying to not spoil everything for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Definitely I liked it. Definitely I... I would love to see a sequel come out of it because of the way they ended it. And they they set up a lot of really interesting plots for a sequel. And you find out what the afterlife in Ghostbusters Afterlife means by the time you get to the end of this movie. But we're almost 18 minutes in, and I've given you all about all the information that I'm willing to give at this point. So, hope you all enjoyed this special edition of Tony Wolf's Unhinged Podcast. And again, if you want to leave me a message, if you want to leave me an email, you can email me anytime at the Wolf Den blog. Make sure you spell wolf with an E the same way I spell it at yahoo.com so that's the wolf den blog at yahoo.com and uh i'll get back to you you never know i might on one of my special blogs or or my special podcasts or even on uh one of my other shows i may just answer your questions on there so you never know and like i always say Tony Wolf Unhinged, that's just the way I am. So y'all have a good night, and I will see you next time. And there will be a regular episode of the Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast. Episode 7 will be coming up Sunday, and it will be on the oil and gas industry as well as other government things that and feelings that I had that people will want to hear about and you may not agree with them but i'm unhinged who cares see you guys